What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. And Carrie. What's up? You're back uh, after my internet troubles. Turns out that uh, you can have water in, like, a fiber line, and it's okay. But when it's really cold and that water freezes, uh, you're not able to have internet service. <laughs> which is exactly what happened to me. I didn't have to pay for the repair because it was Fios's equipment, so... That was all good, but that's why we didn't have a show last week, so my apologies on that one. Um, also, quick programming note. So there's a Nintendo Direct that's happening tomorrow. We just found out about it today at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're going to try our hand at this new live – like because you, you can share like a live stream in Discord and chat over top of it. So we're going to do a live chat in Discord with all of you that want to be there. So again, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, yeah, so we got that going on and, uh, if we need to do a recap, we will, but hopefully the live discord will be sufficient and then we can just do the, you know, do an episode, you talk about it when we talk, do our regular episode next week, whatever we need to. So there we go. Um, so I got my platinum in ghost of Tsushima. Ah, excellent. Very, very excited about that. Uh, going to dig into Legends at some point, but I needed I needed a break. I needed a palate cleanser. Um, two games have come across my way. Uh, the first one I'll talk about, because I seem to be the only one playing it. I bought Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury for my Nintendo Switch. I uh, haven't played Bowser's Fury yet, because I never have played Super Mario 3D World, uh, because I didn't own a Wii U. Uh, Super Mario 3D World is a good game. Uh, it is... A 3D Mario game, but it's done in the old Mario style where you play individual stages instead of running around in, like, large open areas that you can explore. Um, Which is weird when you first start playing it because when I see a 3D Mario game, I have a level of expectation around mobility that I will have available to me that has been, you know... Yeah. You know, beaten into my head for 20 years playing 3D Mario games. Mm-hmm. And this does not have that. You basically have the mobility of a 2D Mario game just in a 3D space. Apparently, it's very similar to Super Mario 3D Land on the DS, which I did not play. So I played both. Uh-huh. Um, I played 3D Land and then I played 3D World because I had a Wii U. Still have a Wii U. It's in a closet over there. <laughs> Who knows if that'll ever come out again? Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're right. It it is it is strange to mm-hmm. go from like a Mario Odyssey into 3D World because it is it is such a change in terms of how uh, how your sort of freedom of movement is designed mm-hmm. within those games. But I really enjoyed 3D World. Um, the uh, the port wasn't really on my radar so much because I've got other stuff coming out sure. that I want to play, but. Like I said, it's it's fun. The stages are well designed. Um, the cat suit Mario is fine. Um, you can scramble up walls, which is the best ability that that uh, particular power up has. Um, they also bring back the Tanuki suit for the first time since Mario Three. There's actually quite a lot of Mario Three uh, isms in the game. I think the frog suit is also in there. It, well, there's a sticker with the frog suit. I haven't I haven't seen it yet in play, um, but I think it is in the game as well. Uh, it's good if you like if you like Mario games, especially the the more traditional style like stage Mario games. It's solid. 
Um, if you're going and expecting something along the lines of a Mario Odyssey, uh, I would not really expect to have that experience. Uh, the 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 word on Bowser's Fury is that that is also pretty good and an interesting direction to take Mario games. Um, apparently, it's like a open world Mario game and like a meaning like a fully open world Mario mm-hmm. game. Um, so I'm I'll I'll play that at some point as well. Uh, but yeah, Mario 3D World is good. Um, then there's the other game that Micah and me have both been playing. Now, the good news is, is that this game, uh, was being, was able to be purchased for the low, low price of free 99, uh, on the PlayStation five console. And that is, was originally going to be a launch title destruction all stars, which is a arena car combat game. So for those of you listening, Brad um, has just platinum, uh, if that is a word, uh, it is now, um, Ghost of Tsushima. It's like he had a, a, a wonderful steak as his main course. And then he played Super Mario 3D World. And, and that's like a wonderful little parfait that you have for dessert. And, and then he played Destruction All-Stars, which is like that cat poop coffee <laughs> that we talked about <laughs> on dense pixels that this game, this game is, this game is mediocre. Like it's fine. I would, I, I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Look, if, if this game had come out at launch and people had had to pay sixty nine ninety nine American <laughs> dollars for it. I don't think the reception would have been very good. Nope. It's a good it's a very good thing that this game was on PlayStation Plus because the reviews for this game would have been like sixes at best. <laughs> um like Micah said, it's fine. It is not memorable, and there is not a lot of compulsion for me to continue playing it. So th- so the first night that I downloaded it, I played through one of the like single player campaigns that they have several of in the game. Uh, and I beat that and that was fine because it kind of takes you through some of the different game modes that it has. Uh, then I went online and did two matches and it was fine. Uh, the connection experience was good. I even won one of the matches and then I said, that's enough. And I put it down and I haven't touched it since. And that's been over a week. Uh, that that has been the case. Yeah, I did uh, the same thing you did, minus the single-player stuff. I jumped right into uh, the multiplayer. Um, I played two matches, Mm -hmm. and I said, you know what? I get it, and I don't need to play it anymore. Yeah, like it's... And I I deleted it, because this space is at a premium. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) I got all the time to be... You know, fooling around with cat poop, the cat poop of games. Yeah, I, I would, like I said, I, I, I would tell you, I mean, look, it's free if you have PlayStation Plus. So, I mean, it's, you know, certainly worth checking out if you want to check it out. Um, but don't expect it to stick around on your hard drive very long. Um, yeah, like, like if they were expecting this to be like their, like Sony's version of like a Rocket League, uh, it is, it is not that. Um, they have like 16 characters in the game. I think you can unlock, there's like 10 unlocked at first, and then you can unlock more as you 
progress through the campaign or single player or whatever. Um, each character has like a unique, a, a, like a unique vehicle that they can get access to during a match. And they have a unique like power on foot. Cause you can get out of your car in this game as well. And, you know, do some, you know, jump on cars to try to either blow them up or, or kick other people out of them, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, like it's just, it, it just is what it is. It's, um, it, it, for a game with, with all those bright colors and, you know, all the pomp and circumstance, it feels so incredibly bland. Like it doesn't feel like it has any personality. Like yeah. this is personality by committee, right? Like everything about the design of this game screams like we focus tested all these people and this is what we come up with, right? Like, and it's not, and not in like a good way. Mm. Right. Like it's so it's focused. It feels like it's been focus tested so much that it has no soul to it. Like the, the characters don't have personality, but they're overly, they're overly, they have, they're, they, they have too much personality, but they have no personality. Well, it's, it's, right? it's like the developer said, what if rocket league, but overwatch, and that's kind of what they tried to basically make essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like that's what that's what the characters are like. Basically, they're like Overwatch. They're like Overwatch analogs, in a way. But like they all look like, like they they don't look the same, but they kind of look the same. Yeah, you know, like like they have to distinguish some of the characters by like giving them animal heads and putting a paper bag over somebody's head, and like somebody looking like a wolf, and like it just it just is very. It's very, very, it's fine. And, and yeah, honestly, we're probably being too hard on the game than it deserves. It probably just doesn't even deserve this much conversation, to be quite, to be quite honest. Like, I mean, that is the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being frank, like, I don't think it deserves this, 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 this amount of discourse. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Like I said, if you got PlayStation Plus, check it out. Um, but I, I don't think you'll stay long. Um, and if you do, wonderful. It's free. It's good, great value. Uh, Carrie's played a game that I found incredibly charming when I played it uh, about a year or so ago. I, I'm yeah. assuming you're playing What the Golf on the Nintendo Switch, though, yes? No, I'm playing it on PC, oh, okay. actually. Um, I was introduced to it via Switch, um, but it was on sale on Steam for like 10 bucks. So mm-hmm. I was like, cool, I'm going to buy it. Because uh, uh, one of my New York friends introduced me to What the Golf. Um, like six weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, I need something that I can play in like really short spurts. Mm-hmm. And what the golf is a game that you can play in short spurts. Um, yeah. Everything is golf. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing is golf. Uh, it's a, it's a very fun little game. Um, would definitely recommend it. Uh, I personally really enjoyed the super hot levels. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what uh, what is it? Uh, what is it like? Like, is it like everybody's golf? Is oh no! no. Like, so, so, Micah, the, the what uh, what the golf can be surmised in its first two stages. Like, literally, its first two stages. You know exactly what the game is all about because in the first stage, they line you up and you and like you can move a golf club around. And there's a golf ball that you have to strike. And when you flick, like when you flick up, uh, the golf club, you know, strikes the golf ball. 
and you're like, okay, it's, it's a, it's a golf game and, and you do what you got to do. And then in the next stage, they present you with the exact same scenario, but this time when you flick up, it's the golf club that goes flying and not the, and not the golf ball. Mm-hmm. And then like the next stage, there's like 10 golf clubs. And when you flick up, they all go, they all go flying yeah. forward. Like, 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 like that's what like, and then there's like the, <laughs> the, the follow-up, which always makes me laugh is um, like the arrow mm-hmm. that you use, like the power god. Yeah. To aim it. <laughs> um, you, you, you flick up and like that goes flying rather than anything else. So yeah. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm looking at the trailer for this. And I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very fun, like, you know, fl- flicking game, dexterity game, and and as Carrie mentioned, there's like a lot of themed levels that are you know referencing other video games and yeah, other popular super popular hot, media. And there's stuff a like that. super meat boy level. There's a portal level. Um, yeah, it's it's good. Um, would would recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Like this trailer has racing and mm-hmm. like a kind of a, a Katamari level. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. then I see the portal level. And then there's like an excite bike thing. And then there's like a like a pinball thing. It looks it looks funny. Yeah, yeah. it's it's quite fun. Um I played it on my iPhone actually, which is a, a fine way to play it, but unfortunately it's locked behind Apple Arcade, so you have to be mm. a member there in order to check oh, it out. It's on Apple Arcade? Yeah. Right, I'll check it out. So, I have Apple Arcade. I'll oh, perfect. Yeah, you should definitely play it then. Absolutely. And then play Grindstone, you ass. How come you haven't played that yet if you have Apple Arcade? <laughs> I, I totally forgot about it. I downloaded download it now. So, very cool. Well, a couple, couple things have come out over the last few weeks. Uh, we talked about Super Mario 3D World already on Switch. came out last week. Uh, Little Nightmares 2 also came out on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC last week as well. Um, Doors of Insanity came out on PC. Uh, the new Outer Worlds expansion, Peril on Gorgon, came out on the Switch last week. Uh, Death Crown came to PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Summer Catchers came to the Nintendo Switch. Gal Gun Returns came to PC, Xbox, and Switch. Uh, Rover Wars came to the Xbox. And then this week, 30XX comes to PC. Uh, King of the Seas comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. The Protagonist EX1 comes to PC. And Ultimate Adam Caverns of Chaos comes to PC. Good Lord, hurry up and get here, May. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, The Discord is available. If you want to uh, interact with us, we will uh, start using Discord primarily. Um, And uh, that's not just for this show. It's for most shows. So go to our fan groups on Facebook, um, and the Discord link is posted right there. Uh, check it out and uh, explain to me how to use it because I'm old. Uh, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe. Uh, you can see my new camera angle and you can see uh, the brotherhood of evil mutants over there. Um, <laughs> uh, you can also see uh, Carrie and her lovely blue frames. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, oh, I can't. The, the From the Gloria Vanderbilt collection. Um, and you can see Brad. <laughs> Ten, $10 wearing, off of Zenny, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Seinfeld reference. And, and uh, you can check out Brad and his, uh, and his uh, uh, no 
uh, no fat Klansmen's allowed shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that looks like to me. Um, <laughs> you can subscribe to all of the TMP Studios podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Lovely shows like the Nerd Apocalypse podcast, where every week Jay and I pontificate about the previous week's episode of WandaVision, make predictions for the next episode of WandaVision, <laughs> and be completely wrong. Uh, Black on Black Cinema, where we just reviewed Malcolm and Marie, and uh, the next movie is going to be Judas and the Black Messiah. Coming Distractions, uh, where we review, we are starting to review movies because movies are coming out and they're being sent to us. Thank God. And the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And if that's not enough. And it's not. For $5 a month or $50 a year, you can go to densepixels.com slash premium. You get access to the premium slate of podcasts, including the airing of grievances, which I promise I will try to get Jay to uh, stop using his child as an excuse to not do these. Uh, no time to bleed, which I promise I will try to get Jay to stop using his child as an excuse to not do these. Uh, the men with the golden tongues. Look, 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 you want to blame somebody. You blame the movie industry because uh, we are waiting for no time to die and they are not putting it out on uh, VOD. We would love to do it. This, me- this uh, means we have to this means we have to shift gears and start another like spy movie franchise. Exactly. So. Uh, upstage conversation. What was the last episode? I haven't listened to the last episode yet. What was the last episode? <sighs> <laughs> El, Fa- El Phantasmo de, de Opera. <laughs> uh, Brad and I watched Phantom of the Opera 2004 starring uh, definitely a professional singer, Gerard Butler, as the Phantom. And, and definitely a professional movie director, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Uh, Direct, and, director uh, of such fine cinema movies as Batman Forever and Batman and Robin and Bad Company. He, oh wow, he did Bad Company. He did. Uh-huh. Oof, he did. Um, wow, is that the is that the Chris Rock Anthony Hopkins vehicle? It is. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, and you get the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Look. Uh, or now look, uh, just because uh, politics is uh, on the surface boring again doesn't mean that politics is boring. Quite the opposite. Uh, we got a whole slew of of uh, 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 Congress people who are just wackadoos, just wackadoos. One congresswoman had sex with Zangief, uh, another congresswoman who, who has a chin that can rival Stephanie McMahon's is saying that the, that the, the weather that we're having in wintertime is, is the result of something that hasn't happened. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and they and Jay Anthony and occasionally a hot tag from Brad, uh, they break it down each and every week. It is one of my favorite shows that is done on this network. Uh, check it out at densepixels.com slash print. Very good. Um, so Call of Duty Warzone, very popular online free-to-play shooter, uh, has been has been dealing with some struggles uh, as late. So 
there was a there was an issue in the game where you could basically infinitely stim yourself, heal yourself. Um, that that you know, Raven Software has been trying to stamp out. They finally did it. As soon as they did, another bug uh, came out where you can turn yourself invisible in the Armored Royale game mode. Uh, so what they did uh, is they just took that playlist completely out of the game for now, uh, and it's going to be out of commission until they can fix the bug that lets players turn invisible. Um, this kind of thing happens in games like this. I find it amazing that nothing game-breaking has happened in like a Fortnite or an Apex Legends yet mm. in the time that those have been around. Is it, um, have those games, are those games still like uber popular? Oh, as yeah. They, as they once were? Like, like I know, or is it just because like Call of Duty, I, I have no idea. Like, I would imagine that Call of Duty has a, has probably a bigger install base given the fact that it's got the Call of Duty name. Not bigger than Fortnite, though. Maybe, maybe well, bigger than Apex, Fortnite. but it's I not mean, bigger than Fortnite. Yeah, not bigger than Fortnite. Fortnite is its own animal. I, I wasn't even thinking about Fortnite. <laughs> uh, Fortnite, like they they are they they are so far ahead of the pack. Like it's it's not even it's not even like no, they I can't compare them. But I don't know. Uh, Call of Duty people seem like a bunch of cheaters to me. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, we talked a couple weeks ago how there was some couple uh, prime Warzone players that were leaving the game or said they were leaving the game. Uh, because yeah. of rampant cheating and the inability for uh, you know Raven to to crack down on it, uh, in since then they've they've been levying bans by the tens of thousands uh, over the last couple of weeks. So it seems like they're trying to get out in front of this stuff. Um, but it's even it just goes to show you that even the biggest studios, even the biggest publishers, and the biggest games are not immune from bugs and glitches and things of that nature uh, that befall everything. Um, such, such is life in, in this world. And especially when, you know, you have a bunch of people on PCs that can hack into the source code, you know, I, I guess relatively easily compared to other things. Um, you're going to run into this kind of stuff. So hopefully they can get that tamped away. Uh, but we'll see if that, uh, if that continues onward or not, but sucks to be, uh, sucks to be them right now. Um, Sharon O'Donnell's a woman who used to work for Riot Games. Uh, she used to be the executive assistant of uh, CEO Nicolo Laurent, um, who is now suing uh, Riot Games because of sexual harassment uh, that is alleged by Ms. O'Donnell. Uh, the company fired her in July of last year, um, and she just filed the lawsuit a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some of the things uh, that she alleges are pretty shitty. Um, I would imagine, of course, yeah. this fucking guy looks like this too, right? Like this is exactly the kind of guy wearing the exact kind of shirt to, to text his executive assistant to come see you M over while his wife is away. Like, look at that fucking dude. He ain't got no neck. <laughs> That's true. His 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 head is is one with his uh with his with his collarbone essentially. <laughs> <laughs> like I need everybody to like give themselves a thumbs up, and then put little glasses on it, and then make like dark hair at the top, and then that's this guy. <laughs> that's this. That's this dude. Like this. This dude again. The CEO 
of Riot Games uh, allegedly um, regularly commented on this woman's physical appearance, told her to be more feminine, told her to watch her tone with him, told female employees to handle COVID stress by having children. Um, uh, that is not how you handle COVID. No, stress. that's no. That is a whole different level of stress on top of the COVID stress. Well, uh, me- meanwhile, at the same time that that his assistant that he was firing her, um, he this is when he wrote the open letter uh, to other CEOs and leaders in the games industry, talking about where Riot made mistakes and you know how they plan on fixing those mistakes in the future. Yes, apparently fixing those mistakes involve um, asking this woman if she could handle him while they were alone at his house. Um, And basically asking her to fuck him and help him cheat on his wife. Um, Yeah. Throw the whole man away. There ain't nothing worth fixing. Like I said, said, you better hope she doesn't have receipts because it's not going to go too well. Hmm. In that case, so yeah, man, Jesus Christ! I'm just. And this has been happening at Riot for years. Like, yeah, yeah, we've talked about Riot on the show before. I'm just honestly, I'm like just sick and tired ago, of like three or four years ago <laughs> we were talking about Riot games. I'm I'm just sick and tired of like every week there's a new story about this stuff. Like the games industry needs to fucking get its shit together. It's so easy to just not be a fucking douchebag creep. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it takes way more effort to, like, be a sleazeball. Um, shutting the fuck up is free. And I feel like a lot of men don't don't quite grasp that. Mm-hmm. So. So I don't know what else to say. I, I, I mean, goddamn, yo. I, it's just I never it never it never occurs to me to to do that. And I don't. And my brain doesn't like. Power, I mean, power corrupts, I, Micah. Power corrupts. Uh, it lets you get away with a lot of dumb shit that normal people don't get away with. I guess. Seriously, I'm not saying I gotta. I'm not saying I gotta. I gotta be. It, I gotta know people to to have to understand the mindset. It's just the high, the higher up the ladder you climb, the fewer people you have to slap your wrist, and that and that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. It's not a coincidence that most of the most aberrant behavior. In these companies, and it's not just the games industry. This is this is true of of companies around the world. Most a lot of the aberrant behavior comes from the people that are in the highest positions of power. It's not an accident. Yeah, it's a cause and effect. So, don't be a douchebag. <laughs> it's, it's 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 ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And like Carrie's right. Like it's not hard to just not say shit like that. Yeah. You know? Like you're not at a bar. You know. <laughs> All right. All right. God damn. So Sony uh, on a investor call recently admitted that they are selling every single PlayStation 5 that is being sold right now at a loss. We don't know how much of a loss uh, that is. Uh, and I don't think they really care because they also posted a ten a record $10 billion profit uh, since the launch of the PS5 console. Uh, further proof that again, if, if hardware is just the, is just the key to open the door, they, they could, they could not care less about making money from the game console because it's what the game console lets them make money from, uh, that really matters. Case in point, 
Uh, of the four and a half million PS5s that Sony has sold so far, according to them, 87% of those PS5 buyers have PlayStation Plus. Which I think is really impressive because Microsoft usually posts like around 50% numbers for gold when they report that stuff out. So pr- um, pretty good. Are we going to get this every console generation? Are we going to get the same story every console generation of, of manufacturers losing money as when they sell systems? Like, isn't this common knowledge now? You th- well, you think it would be. I don't, I don't know if the PS4 was a, was a loss leader. What it wasn't? I'd be shocked if it wasn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. I'm. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure the margins on that were razor thin when it first came out. But I don't. I don't remember there being a lot of big stories about about it being sold as a massive loss. Like I. Like I. You know. I. I get it. Like this. This system is what four and five hundred dollars. Like yeah, of course you're selling at a loss, but like. If you can get them into the hands of people <laughs> and not a bunch of scalpers, um, yeah, you, you, PlayStation Plus uh, for for people like me who have well-meaning spouses, PlayStation Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I I get it, man. I get it, and uh, I'm curious to see what uh, Microsoft's numbers are, but I guess they didn't. Uh, I guess they haven't. <laughs> I guess they are not going to publish those numbers. I mean, look, they've uh, as far as I know, they've sold all the ones they've uh, that they that they manufactured so far. So good on them. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen any Microsoft numbers for that. As if it wasn't hard enough to get a PlayStation Five right now. Apparently, uh, in quarter two of this year, the PlayStation Five is going to be launched in China, according to Sony as well. So that's going to be a pretty big deal. Um, again, be interesting to see which games make it over there. Chinese government, we've talked about before, very restrictive, uh, on content that games that are sold in the country, uh, is able to have. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, I, I wouldn't, when, when do you guys think that the, that the shortage is going to be ended with the PS5? This time next year. Hmm. Yeah. I'm in when, no rush uh, to get things one. Things get back to normal. I'm I'm sort of at the point where it's like if I have the opportunity to get one at retail, I will probably buy it. Mm-hmm. But that's it. And I'm not one of these dudes who's like rapidly hitting F5 on the fucking Best Buy website waiting for them to restock, you know. I'm not that pressed about it. Mm-hmm. There's um there's no like real hardcore reason to have one. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice to have one, don't get me wrong. But um what I'm saying is if you don't have one, there's no need to feel bad. Like you yeah. be like Carrie. Like there's no need to there's no need to stress about and it. And I have a base PS four. Like that it'd be quite an upgrade for me to go from a, a base OG PS4 to a PS5. Um, but I'm just sort of whatever. <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, probably I agree with Kerry. Probably probably sometime in 20, 2022. Yeah. 
like early 2022 mm-hmm. um because it's we're not we're not out of what we're in yet mm-hmm. and by the time we will start to kind of peak to get out of it um it'll be close to the holidays and then we'll have to deal with all this crap again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I don't go into too many stores, but um, whenever I do, I, it's not like I see a console sitting there. <laughs> so. uh, we've talked before about uh, the intrepid folks at uh, a place called Plate Station uh, that was trying to manufacture custom side plates for the PS5. Well, mobile phone case manufacturer Dbrand uh, has released the – Dark plates, what they're calling the dark plates for PS5, so that if you want an all-black finish for your new game console, uh, you can get it. And not only have they released the these uh, side plates for their PlayStation console, on their website, there's a direct message to Sony uh, saying, go ahead and sue us. And another message on the website that says, that claims that the plates are totally legal. Uh, I'll read from the dbrand website here. When you look at the microscopic texture inside the dark plates, what do you see? If your answer is a familiar but legally distinct apocalyptic spin on the classic PlayStation button shape, you might be one of our lawyers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not getting aftermarket. <laughs> I'm not, yo. I'm not doing it. Dude, I, I'm look, I'm a fan of the chutzpah. <laughs> uh, look, look, the balls that these people have is amazing, right? Like, like, <laughs> why are they selling white? They're not selling white. Pl- okay, all right. Uh, I'm on their website. It's mm. it's, it's it's weird. Um, yeah, they're selling. They, they, yeah, they are. They are selling. Oh no, they're, it, if you scroll down, like it's like oh white, and then you scroll, and it's like no, matte black is is what you is what you want. Um, yeah, I love I love it. Uh, let, let's see. <laughs> The first, the first little thing on the site says, Nobel Prize, please. It's a little-known fact that Alfred Nobel, in his 1895 will, declared that one day all Nobel Prizes will be retroactively awarded to Dbrand. Sadly, the Nobel Foundation has ignored their founding father's dying wish. That changes today. With the release of Dark Place, the unthinkable has happened. We've taken Sony's monumental achievement in bad design and fixed it. We can only assume that our prizes are in the mail. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh crap. Like um, I said, I'm 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 a big fan of the uh, of the sass being shown here by D brand. I uh I didn't think that um are these are these like more accessories like stickers and stuff? Yeah, so they all they also make a um they also make a uh, like a, you can make like a custom graphic that you can put over the middle part of the PlayStation where the glossy, the glossy black is if you want. Um, so yeah, so they're taking orders for these right now. Uh, apparently if you, if you order today, you won't get them till May. They've already been through three pre-order waves, uh, so far. Uh, and wow. these are selling like hotcakes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Sony tries to litigate here. Um, I do believe that the, plate station folks um was using the like same motif pattern on the inside uh so d brand might be onto something here by you know changing up the pattern but making it similar but not the same 
it doesn't take much to beat a patent. Like no. as, as much as you have to, I used to work for patent and trademark office. You have to be in order to get a patent, you have to be hyper specific, right? You mm-hmm. have to be so incredibly precise. And then when we, when uh, uh, we would look at the patent, we would look at the product. Then we would have to. Then the person looking at it has to go through various different types of scenarios in their head of what could possibly be, you know, similar or not. But it doesn't take much to beat it. Like this, this little logo thing in the middle is as silly as it is. Like it, it really might be enough mm. because it's. It's it's wild, man. It's wild. Like if they can prove that, if they can prove that this, that these logos inherently don't violate the, if if it changes the form and function of the plates, mm-hmm. then yeah, they can get away with it. Like <laughs> it's so weird, man. It's so weird. Patent laws are stupid. <laughs> they really are, man. They're really stupid. And if you're a patent attorney, you can make bank. Well, we'll see how good Dbrand's uh, patent attorney <laughs> does when this oh, yeah, when this man. inevitably makes it in front of a judge. <laughs> so, oh my goodness gracious! So yeah, Slice, if you want some black side plates for your PS5, uh, check out Dbrand, and uh, you'll see him in three to three to four months. Oh, I just wait until Sony does. I, I just just wait, yo. Just wait. Yeah, but is Sony is Sony going to release the side plates separately, you know or, or are they going to make you buy a whole new console? They would probably make you buy a new console. Yeah, right. you're right. They would probably they would probably come out with three different special edition versions of a Call of Duty special edition, a Spider Man special edition, and uh, and a Horizon special edition before they come out with just the plates. Yeah. So, uh, Carrie, take us through a tour. Of Universal Studios Japan Super Nintendo World, which is now open in Japan uh, because they are responsible. Okay, so it's not open quite yet. Yeah. Um, that was my mistake in in writing the headline here. Um, basically, there was like a preview day for media. Mm-hmm. So but basically, we now have like our first full look of inside Super Nintendo World, and it is fucking cute (laughs) and there's there's two main rides there's one called mario kart koopa's challenge uh bowser is known as just koopa in japan um i assume this will be called bowser's challenge in, in america um so it's a mixture of basically you have like you're in a mario kart and you and Three other people all have these like AR goggles on. And mm-hmm. so you go through and you can see all of the characters going through in front of you. Um, and you are sort of collecting power ups and using them against Bowser's team in order to score points and whatnot. So uh, it's cool. It seems really chaotic, um, but uh, it goes through various areas that are all based on iconic Mario Kart stages. So that's really fun. Um there's also a slightly more simpler ride that's just called Yoshi's Adventure, where you get to sit in a big Yoshi, and it goes through scenes from uh, Yoshi's Island as well as Yoshi's story. Um, so that's really cute. Um, there's 
in Super Nintendo World, you can get like an uh, NFC wristband, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're all themed to different Mario characters. So you can get a Princess Peach or Daisy or Toad or Mario Luigi. And around the area, there are little places where you can interact with the environment with that wristband. And by doing so, you're like activating little props in the area. So like it'll make a piranha plant pop out or you'll collect a coin or something like that. And then after you've like collected so many coins, you can basically face off against Bowser Jr. Um, And that's sort of your reward for having interacted with the world a lot. And that's fun. Um, There's also videos of meet and greets with Mario and Luigi, as well as with Princess Peach. And they all talk. Um, via like slightly animatronic heads, which is fun. Um, it's not as horrifying as it sounds. <laughs> I feel like it sounds really horrifying to say out loud, but it's actually executed really well. Um, everything's very cute. Um, all of the themed food at um, uh, it's called Kinopio's Cafe because Toad is known as Kinopio in Japan. Um, so like. That whole area is really cute. Everything's really cute. I'm mad that I'm not in Japan and I can't go. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't wait for this to open in America. Uh, If you're interested in Super Nintendo World and basically what is likely to just sort of be copy-pasted in some capacity at Universal Studios Florida and Universal Studios Hollywood, um, there's a lot of really good videos online. um, So it is something to look forward to if you're a theme park person like myself when is this supposed to open in america uh that's a good question um so super nintendo world um opens in japan like this month i don't know that it has a set date for hollywood um so the thing about the florida park is that it's going to be a part of the third theme park that's part of Universal Studios Florida Resort called Universal's Epic Universe. Um, It was originally scheduled to open in 2023, but that has since been pushed back a year due to delays caused by the pandemic. So like the earliest that we are going to get Super Nintendo World, at least on the East Coast, is probably going to be 2024 at this point. Okay, I'm fine with that. Uh, lastly, in the quick news, uh, we've—I don't think we've ever talked about Embracer, uh, which is an umbrella company, uh, but they're notable because they own THQ Nordic, uh, Cook Media, and Saber Interactive. Uh, well, you can add Gearbox to that list as they have acquired uh, the Borderlands Developing Studio uh, for looks like about three hundred and sixty-three million dollars. Now, just because Gearbox has been acquired by Embracer uh, does not mean that Borderlands comes with them because 2K is still the publishing partner for that game. So any future Borderlands content will still be published uh, under the 2K banner uh, and Gearbox will still be working on that content. They're still going to have a relationship as far as that goes. Uh, Embracer also purchased uh, Asper Media, uh, which is a U.S. developer who so far has made their name by porting Borderlands and Star Wars games to other platforms, essentially. So uh, two companies picked up by them. Uh, so again, very early days as far as this goes. Uh, all of Gearbox's staff uh, was retained in the deal, which is good because sometimes that's yeah. not always the case. 
uh, including Randy Pitchford. So, <laughs> so there's so there's that <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, so I guess cool for Gearbox uh, that they now have a permanent home of sorts. Uh, and I guess good for 2K that they still get the most successful thing that Gearbox has and will ever do. Yeah, uh, I was going <laughs> to say, what do these people get? Battleborn? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's the point? Uh, Battleborn <laughs> just got its servers turned off about a month ago, my friend. So <laughs> they don't even get that. God damn. Unfortunately. Uh, all right. Hope it was... Uh... Hope it was worth it. <laughs> uh, you, you get Penn and Teller VR, F U U U and U. Um, okay. Um, awkward transition. Uh, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all your Amazon purchases. Uh, if you want to buy Borderlands, uh, you can go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. What's, uh, what is, what is uh, the first thing that comes up when I just type in the word Borderlands? Oh, Borderlands 3 for yeah. the Xbox One. Um, you can get that by going to densepixels.com slash Amazon. You can go to, you can get uh, a bunch of bobbleheads and, and, and the movie Borderland included with your Prime membership. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of junk you can get. When you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon, do it right now. Well, not right now, unless you can multitask, because we still have things to talk about on this show. Uh, to the surprise of no one, the ESA has decided that E3 is going to be a three-day all-digital event in the year 2021. Uh, that they were even thinking and planning on having an in-person convention is ludicrous to me. <laughs> um, given, given the state of the world <laughs> still in, in COVID-19. Uh, so I guess it's a good thing that they have officially announced that it's going to be a digital event. Um, so yeah, so we got that to look forward to. Uh, I enjoyed what E3 was last year. Again, I'm fine with having all of these events digital at this point. Honestly, I don't need to ever see an in-person convention again. I really don't. Is there a, uh, can you think of a positive for things being in person? Only fan reaction during like the, the press conferences. That's about it. That's about it. And if you want, you can do what Sony did last year where they had like the fake audience in front of Mark Cerny. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, you can pipe in, you can pipe in your own crowd noise. Wrestling has been doing it for 30 years. So, <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, this makes it, uh, this makes it, it's fine. It's fine. I don't need, uh, I don't need, um, I need people to do what, uh, you know, people give DC, uh, uh, the company and Warner uh, a lot of grief, but they had this idea of a DC themed convention called Fan Dome. And I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, like you, you know, they had they had different shows that come the different like panels or whatever that you that you could tune into. Uh, can you hear him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they had different panels and stuff that you could tune into at specific times, and you could just it was it was just on their YouTube channel, and it was just it was like you could just sit there and watch YouTube all day, or just come back when you wanted to. It was a good idea, man. And I think more companies should do that. 
So moving on from there, I'm going to list a list a uh, couple things, and I'm going to ask you guys to tell me what these all have in common. A traffic jam when you're already late. A no smoking sign on your cigarette break. 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. And rain <laughs> on your wedding day. And CD Project Red being hacked by hackers for the Cyberpunk 2077 source code. Wow. <laughs> Here's the thing. Only one of these things is actually. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, my God. With much love to Alanis Morissette, who I was supposed to see in concert last year. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, CD Projekt Red posted a <laughs> ransom note. They were ransomware for their own Cyberpunk 2077 source code. Allegedly, the source code has been sold on the dark web for $7 million. Allegedly. Uh, all right, yo. Who, all who, right. who knows I understand, how I understand you wanting to get goodwill back, but like this is a this is a this is a uh, an elaborate charade that you don't really need to do. You just need you just need to fix the game. Would that be uh, something if this was bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really kind of hope it is. <laughs> I really kind of hope it is. Like, I, I don't think it is. I, you know, I'm 99% certain that it's not. But God damn it, I really hope that it is. Like, who says epically pwned, right? Like, that yeah. sounds like something, <laughs> right? like, that sounds I, like something a foreign person would think that some douchebag American would say. Uh, that like you've been epically pwned like nah yo like all right all right all right, all right. <laughs> okay who uses pwned non-ironic apparently hackers <laughs> apparently <laughs> jesus christ uh good news is that none of the compromised systems contain personal player data so that's small small victories along along the way um, CD Projekt Red, to their credit, said we will not negotiate with terrorists and would not negotiate to, uh, to get the source code back. What a what an amazing fucking shit show the, the post-afterglow of the Cyberpunk 2077 launch has been. It's still not available to buy on the PlayStation as of this recording. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. You think it's coming back? Yeah, it'll, eventually. Like when they when they do the actual next gen upgrade, or do you think it's coming back before uh, the next gen upgrade? I I think it'll be back before then. I do. I, I don't I don't think it's going to take that long to uh for for that to come back along. It's it's got to be in a stable, releasable way. That that that's what it has to be. Um, so it might still take a couple months yet. Uh, I, I like I said this whole story is fucking funny as shit to me. <laughs> I just I, I, I feel bad for them if this is legit. Um no one deserves to have this happen to them, but absolutely not. I mean, come absolutely. on. Come on, come on, come on. Your fucking game about cyber criminals in the cyberpunk future and you get hacked for your source code. <laughs> it's too good. It's, it's about, too good. It's a it's a game about 
the little guy taking on these evil corporations, probably through hacking them and, and, you know, in certain instances. And, and this company turns out to be the same as every other big corporation. Yeah. And a, and a, and a net runner broke in and stole (laughs) and stole their data. And they use the stupid, uh, 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 ah, I can't remember the, the name. They, there's a hacking mini game in it. And mm-hmm. everyone was using that as like the, the, the joke. And it's, it's wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, just, 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 just shut your doors down for a while and open them back up when you're ready to, to release things of substance in cyberpunk well i don't know mike maybe 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 some intrepid uh you know armchair developer will fix the game for them now that now that the source code's out there so we'll see (laughs) stupid um speaking of stupid a while back a while back uh we talked about a game like a long time ago called six days of fallujah that was going to be published by Konami. The game was originally announced in 2009. And Konami ev- eventually dropped the game because families of the service members that were killed during the Iraq war objected to the game uh, releasing. Lots happened since then, uh, including public sentiment pretty firmly being against uh, most of went on in the Iraq war, which is still technically going on today. Since the AUMF that was started that war is still in place. Nevertheless, uh, Victoria Publishing uh, has decided to pick the game back up and they plan on releasing it uh, in the coming years here. However, <laughs> the, the creator of the studio says that Six Days of Fallujah is a game, quote, not trying to make political commentary. I... I... I can't, I can't express to you how much I hate that, that chicken shit ass, like response or line of reasoning or, you know, uh, I understand people have to tell themselves whatever they have to tell themselves Mm. to get through whatever, or, you know, you got to sell a game. I get it. You're not trying to be like, but you are though, dude, you are like, guess what? As Dumb as Call of Duty is, it is a political game. Like, it makes political statements. War and, is inherently political. I mean, it is, yo. It is. It's like, pe- especially period. especially period. a war, especially a war that's still discussed in political discourse today. Not in past <laughs> tense, but in, in current tense, as in saying, hey, why is the military force agreement authorization still in place for this fucking war that, that that we embarked on 18 years ago at this point. So, so one of, one of two things is true then either number one, you're lying and this game is going to be dripping with political statements or number two, you're making a game that essentially glorifies the conflict by not saying anything about it in many yeah, ways. You're exploiting it, right? Which one are you doing? You're, you're, you're either exploiting it for its political reasons or you're exploiting like the, the actual, uh, boots on the ground, the bloodshed, the death, like, like, cause this is a game. 
Like it's a it's a video game. Like I, I it's just like just have some balls, Joe. Like just have some balls. Like you can't you can't out Ubisoft Ubisoft in this. Like <laughs> just I I don't know, man. I don't know. I I really don't. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, just do it. And stop being like, oh well, like, and and what do you get in saying that your game is not political, even though it is? Like, what's the reasoning? Do you think us talking about it for one? <sighs> not 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 to be the most cynical guy in the room, but it is uh, according to according to Peter Tamt, who is the head of the publisher. Uh, their first-person shooter will try to engender sympathy for American troops in the field, for their work in destroying the insurgents that dug in through throughout Fallujah, and for the civilians that were trapped in between. That's yo, what a video game is not going to do that, yo. A yeah. video game is not going to do that. A movie might, maybe. Right, a, a video right. game where your where your avatar that you're controlling is just going to be mowing down ins- insurgents like it's a shooting gallery. That video game. Right, right. Come on, man. Uh, it's like I, I get it that you you want to feel like you're creating art, like high art, and I do believe that video games are a form of art. But you know, it, art can literally be like th- they literally had a dude splash paint on canvas and call it art, and it's like I I don't I don't know, man. I I I get a headache every time I see shit like this. Like, if you wanna if you wanna just make a kick ass like military movie or whatever or video game, like just do it. But like you can invent different conflicts, you can you can create different scenarios. You can even look. You can even use what you're doing here. Just don't say that it's not political. It is. Just don't even bring it up. Just don't even bring it up. Don't even bring up the fact that your game is is or is not political. I would respect you more for it. But for you to come out and just be like, no, no, there's a, 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 no, the, our game isn't political. No, not at all. No, no, no. Why did you not ask? No, it's not political. Yeah, it is. And 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 you you think that I'm stupid. And that's, I think that's what gets me. Like, you think that I'm dumb, Ubisoft, whoever the hell these people are. And this is almost, this is almost a step beyond like the ridiculousness of the division two. Cause at least the division two is a fictional game. Like at least the division right. two is not based on any real life conflict. So like as ridiculous as it is for them to be like, Oh, the division two is not making a political statement of any kind. When literally within 20 minutes of the game, you are going to command HQ in the president's house in Washington, yep. DC. That game. I'm surprised that, uh, you know what? I'm not surprised. I'm surprised that game isn't like the most successful game in like the middle of the country. <laughs> Right, because it's about a bunch of got to got got to have high speed internet, Micah. To play it, <laughs> it's about a bunch of it's about a bunch of regular citizens, like not even national guards people, regular citizens, Sleep, sleeper agents. 
Right. Regular citizens who love their guns, who are secret sleeper agents of the government and and an outside force invades America. And then you get the call. Boop, boop, boop. And then and then you and and then you 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 go to D.C. and and because it's been barricaded and you've got a the, the president has been kidnapped by ninjas. Are you a bad enough dude in the division <laughs> to save him? Like, come on, yo. come on. Man. What if what if bad dudes came out today and the developers of bad dudes were like, it's not a political game. <laughs> ninjas kidnapped the president though. <laughs> we're not trying to make a political statement. Yep. Oh shit. Carrie, any thoughts about uh the constant skirting of politics in video games? It's ridiculous. It's just it's it's them just like tr- tr- trying not to upset anyone, right? Like they don't want to come out and make a big political statement, even though like they kind of are by nature of publishing the game regardless. But by being like, ooh, it's not about politics. Than like the fucking little butt babies who complain about there's too much politics in my video games and there's too much politics in my comic books. Um, you know, they just don't want to upset fragile white male egos. Like that's all this is about at the end of the day, right? By being like, it's not political, then they can avoid pissing off fragile little white boys who don't like having their political opinions challenged. <laughs> That's all this is, yeah. right? Jesus. That's what I think. It's, in, it's insane yeah. that people are just, that, that don't understand that, like my, like like you and Micah both said, a game about war is inherently political, because in the mm-hmm. U.S., you don't get to go to war without elected representatives saying it's cool. It's not like the military just fucking, you know, cow, <laughs> right. cow, cowboys up and just ad hocs over the fucking ocean and starts ro- rocking and rolling. That's not how it fucking works. Good lord! Right, they're not the Green Lanterns. <laughs> like they don't just they don't just go around s- fucking fighting space. Cr- like no, nah, yo. Like be- uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can probably make a, a half-assed argument that every first-person shooter is political in some way, and and e- even shit like 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 Halo. You know what I mean? Like it's, but when you, when you, when there's such a one-to-one, it, it, it's, it's insulting. Like just make your war game. Don't even, you don't even have to, if you don't want it to, if you don't want to talk about politics, don't bring it up. And if someone brings it up, just have the balls to stand there in your, in your conviction and, and just be like, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm not saying I'm not, you can, you can even be like, we don't lean one way or the other, but politics is inherent in what this is here. Here's no a, what, here's no a thought your feelings about no matter what your feelings about this war. We are trying to tell a story that involves the heroes that were on the ground, right? Like, but, but no, it's, it's not political. Yes, it is, man. Here's the thought. Why don't you explore the many different opinions and thoughts around that, around that conflict. And that way you can take an all, like not an all sides approach, but like that way you can examine the different, you know, pro con, you know, and, and everything else around it. 
you can even do yeah you can do that and then you can have the you can have the 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 actual like boots on the ground They're, they could be like both of these guys both of these people are fucking idiots let's just do what we got to do and leave but like even then like do what you got to do i mean you were told to do it by one of those idiots right like i said there there's ways you can make the story compelling and examine several sides of the issues i mean it takes skilled writing and, and to, to do stuff like that. So I, I no promises there, but it, it, it seems ridiculous to me to come out and make this statement. Cause you're lying at the end of the day, you're right. lying. Oh, uh, we go to the post office. Um, we have two weeks worth of post offices stuff. So let's start at the top. Look, cam asked a lot of stuff about <laughs> like Kenta and coming, showing up in AEW and about like an AEW new Japan, uh, like super show and stuff like that. No, we're going to go with Cam's second question, which asks, <laughs> is Nia Jax yelling my hole after leg dropping on the ring apron, the new stone cold, stone cold, stone cold. <laughs> now, the my hole controversy was interesting because when it first happened, create a buzz on the internet, WWE <laughs> was like trying to distance themselves majorly from it. Like they did not like it at all. Knee jerk reaction until they realized that everyone else on the internet liked it. And now they're embracing it. Basically, you, know, w, you could tell the WWE is run by an old, by a bunch of old people, dude. Yeah, like they don't. Uh, how, how dare you? How? Uh, why would you say that? Didn't you invent bra and panties matches? <laughs> now, it's now, so <laughs> like, all right, all right. now. Truly, at this uh, at this panel that we have organized here, only one of us is actually equipped to answer this question. So, Carrie, if you fell down and injured your vagine upon falling, would you scream my hole no. upon doing so? <laughs> no, I would not. No, I mean, look, I've busted my ass, particularly recently with the amount of ice that we've had. I do not yell my hole when I fall on my ass. <laughs> I typically yell, oh my God, my ass. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that that's not like part of the lexicon of the of the average female? Because I know <laughs> when guys get hit down there, they say, my tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't think I've ever responded to any pain in my nether regions by saying oh my hole no that's not exactly that i would not say that's within the first 10 things <laughs> uh let's see rev asks uh what do you guys think of cyber shadow uh which is an 8-bit side scroller in the style of the original ninja gaiden uh Unfortunately, Terrence not on the show this week. He would be the one that would probably be most inclined to like this game. Yeah, um, this looks this looks like the game looks like Ninja Gaiden, just with like it's got the eight bit aesthetic and it, it it looks like Ninja Gaiden. And he said it's hard as balls, so uh, it plays like Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Uh, Ejack says, "What is the best video game moment that you probably can't replicate ever again that you've had?" The feeling of beating the Elite Four for the very first time when I was eight years old playing through Pokemon Red. It's a high I've been chasing ever since. (laughs) 
that or when you're playing Breath of the Wild and you leave the the Shrine of Resurrection and like you go out on the little peak, the little cliff there and the music swells and the camera angle changes and you see all of Hyrule. Yeah, that's Um, that's a good moment that you only get once. It's probably beating a beating some boss for the first time. You know what I mean? Like I remember um for some reason I was having a lot of difficulty beating Ares in the first God of War, so much so that like I, I was holding my controller so tight I cracked it and broke it. <laughs> and uh when I finally did it, I was I I, I felt good. Like fuck you, dude. Fuck you for for uh, making me do the thing that even though I did it, I shouldn't have done it, even though I'm an asshole throughout this whole game. Um, yeah, probably beating some some really difficult boss. Um, it, was, it was when I beat Final Fantasy VI, because Final Fantasy VI was the first like JRPG that I'd ever played, um, and I was 11 at the time. And... It was a difficult game uh, because it was the first JRPG that I ever played. I didn't – I definitely did not do the necessary amount of grinding um, to to get through Kefka's Castle uh, except limping through the entire way using copious you know, potions and, and ethers and things of that nature. And then I would just get st- – I got stuck on the final boss battle with the third uh, inclination of it. And, of course, when you die on that uh, – on that part, you go right back down at the beginning again, essentially, uh, in Kefka's Tower. Uh, so getting past that was huge relief. Uh, finally facing Kefka for the first time was fantastic. I distinctly remember I was at my grandmother's house because it was during the summer, um, and I had some really nasty allergies going on. So I'm playing. I'm like playing through the boss battle. My eyes are fucking watering because like because <laughs> like everything's like swollen and. But just just kind of suffering through that, and Kefka beat you know the very first time that I ever faced him, and uh, and that was pretty fucking awesome. And getting to kind of see the the ending play out and um and everything that went along with that, it was a pretty pretty cool moment. Uh, and it's a high that I've never quite gotten from any other uh, game that I've beaten quite the same way. So that would be it for me. Uh, Johnny asks a ridiculous question that I feel like that we've even answered on the show even before like the question was asked. Yeah. <laughs> like, Would you like to see Zelda or the Oracle games remade in the style of the most recent Link's, Link's Awakening release? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would like that. I would like that very much. Seems like something that would be smart to do for, you know, like an ancillary anniversary that may or may not be coming up uh, soon It's almost the as if fucking 35th anniversary of Zelda is happening this year. Yeah. Like next month. Huh. wonder what this Nintendo huh. Direct's going to be about. Interesting. Huh. I wonder so. <laughs> if there's going to be like a collection of older Zelda titles, maybe ports, remakes of older often overlooked zelda titles that would be coming like minish cap i'd play minish cap again i did too. Minish I liked cap it. in the same style i liked it it was good so it was cute too short but I, 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 I liked it much better than i liked the the phantom games the ds zelda games mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. didn't care for those very much mm-hmm. i will mm-hmm. say um Tack asks, and I think this is our buddy uh, Terrell, uh, have your expectations yeah. for this new generation of consoles been met so far? And is any of the games coming out feel like you have not wasted your money? 
Uh, I don't wait. The, I'll address the second question first. I don't think I feel like I've wasted my money because I this is a long play. Like I'm not buying this to get enjoyment for six months. I'm buying a PS5 to get enjoyment out of it for seven years. So um, I don't need I don't need the promise to be fulfilled within six months. Um, but have my expectations been met so far? So far, it hasn't felt very different. Again, the 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 most uh, the most prominent experience that I've had on the PS5 so far, funnily enough is Astro's Playroom. Like like that's the most notable next gen experience that I've that I've gotten to experience so far. Um but at the same time like playing Ghost of Tsushima was great also because that game was beautiful on a PlayStation 5 getting to play it at the most optimal way that you could play that game. I might go back and play God of War again cuz God of War just got its 4K 60 upgrade. I saw Micah playing it the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it looks good, and it's you know it's a fun reason to get back into that game. Yeah. Um, no, I don't feel like I wasted my money. Uh, if I felt if I felt that I, you know, I I I wouldn't have bought it. Right? Like I I knew I know I know how this game is played. I've been doing it for I've been doing it for thirty five years. I know how this game is played, and um, expectations. I mean, look. I, expectations to be determined mm-hmm. uh but i am pleased with my purchase i i uh the the simple fact that i can the simple fact that i can play spider-man and i can use fast travel like because it at fast travel is actually faster than just swinging around the city is great the fact that um the the i'm i'm i love it for the hardware stuff man like mm-hmm. I can go back and play these old games the way that PC players have been playing some of these games, you know, the way they they were meant to be played. And and I think a, lo- a, a lot of it also is the fact that I never had a 4K TV mm-hmm. throughout the entire PlayStation 4 run. So I got one specifically for the PlayStation 5 because I'm like, yo, I'm not going to play these new systems on a 1080p TV. Like, what is the point? Um, so they all look phenomenal to me. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very, and I wouldn't have bought that TV if I didn't get this thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with it. And like I said, I'm, I'm thrilled just because for, you know, the few 4k Blu-rays that I have, I can now take advantage of. I'm, I'm su- like, I've been waiting to be able to watch, uh, Blade Runner 2049 again on like a proper 4k experience. So. I, I need I need to get around to that because I've been meaning to do it for a while. Uh, Mad Coco asks, "Is it too early to be disappointed in the Nintendo Direct since there will be no Bayonetta three news?" I mean, uh, if that's the only thing you're looking for, then I guess no, it's not too early to be disappointed. I'm preemptively disappointed because I know I'm not going to get any Golden Sun tomorrow. <laughs> Am I still going to conduct a horrific? sacrificial seance in my backyard at three in the morning to try and summon a fourth golden sun game from the void. You better believe it. But (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing. They haven't done one of these like proper directs. They haven't done a long one. Yeah. 2019. 2019 was the last time they did one. And Nintendo's not typically a company to swing that stick unless they actually have something that they want to say and something big to deliver on. So I would expect to get something if, of If note. I can weigh some predictions mm-hmm. here. Yeah, so so briefly. you could be wrong. 
So I can be wrong. I don't think I'm going to be super wrong. I think I'm going to be a little wrong. Um, So as mentioned, this is the 35th anniversary year for The Legend of Zelda. I think we're going to get some Zelda news. I think we're going to get some sort of Zelda collection for Mm -hmm. the Switch of a few older Zelda games. Um, I'm hoping that those games are Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword. But who knows? Um, I think we're going to see Breath of the Wild 2. I think they're going to announce that Breath of the Wild 2 will be next year. Uh, This is also the 25th. We're like a week off from the actual 25th anniversary date for Pokemon. So I think we're going to get some big Pokemon news of some sort. I don't know what it is, but it's coming. Uh, they've said that we're getting some sort of Smash Ultimate announcement. So, I mean, place your bets now as to who the character is going Leon to be. S. Kennedy. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Kennedy. And I would love to see them do a Resident Evil stage where they have like one of those boss characters show up, similar to the Castlevania stage, like where Dracula shows up. Uh, except it's fucking Lady D shows up because everybody <laughs> wants to see more Lady D right now. <laughs> Um, yo, if they put her in the game, yo, please I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to buy it, yo. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have put to buy it. big titty goth mommy in Smash Brothers. I mean, <laughs> inter- internet zeitgeist aside, wouldn't it be more appropriate to put a notable character like, like like the giant fucking Goliath guy from like Resident Nemesis Evil Four? No, no, from Resident yeah. Evil Four because Resident Evil Four is the most Nintendo adjacent. Resident Evil property because it came out mm. on GameCube before anything else. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I that's what I'm. Th- I'm thinking it'll be Resident Evil Four Leon S Kennedy, right? Uh, oh, here's or- the thing. I think you're gonna have the same sort of like costume change that like Cloud has, where you have like standard Cloud and then like Advent Children Cloud or whatever. Uh, so it'll probably switch between. Uh, I would say two like and four. Two and four mm-hmm. will, will probably be your costume options for Leon. Should that come to pass, I know a lot of people want to see Dante. Um, who knows? I mean, both of those are Capcom, so they've already worked with Capcom before. I think Dante is just as likely as Leon is at this point. Um, other than that, like I don't know what else we're going to see in the Nintendo Direct tomorrow. Like. 50, give, 50 minutes to an hour. That's a long time to fill. Give um, me Metroid we'll news Metroid. or give maybe me we'll death. Yes. <laughs> maybe we'll get that. Um, other than that, I don't know. I'm doing a blood sacrifice for Golden Sun, though. You better believe it. There's the 20th not... anniversary of Golden Sun this year. It would be a good time for them to do like a fucking HD collection. There has not been a Metroid Prime game for 13 years at this mm. point. Well, 14 years. It's wild to me. What about about that that Metroid game that turned Samus from? I said Metroid Prime, Micah. I did not say (laughs) Metroid game. And Metroid Prime 3 was damn good. Yeah. Other M was uh, widely considered to not be good. You don't want the one that turned this badass bounty hunter into a whiny crybaby? You don't want want that one? I don't. I do not. I do not. Yeah. Um, I, I I really, I don't have many other predictions. I know what I want, but I don't know how 
likely that stuff is to happen. Leon Schenectady Kennedy. <laughs> that is who is going to that that is going to be the character. Mark my words. Finally, Clark Kent asks, since almost every system since its release has gotten a version, do you see Skyrim coming to the PS5 Series X? Technically, technically you can play Skyrim on the PS5 and Series X today. Right. Technically you can already. Yeah. Um, but here's what I will say. Mm-hmm. I will say yes. <laughs> of course. But what I think they're going to do is when Elder Scrolls 6 finally gets properly revealed and finally gets like a release date, it'll probably be like pre-order Elder Scrolls 6 and we'll give you Skyrim for That's what they're doing with Resident Evil 8. Mm Mm-hmm. Pre-order Resident Evil 8, you can get 7. Or they have 7 and 8 in a bundle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think they'll do. I don't think I don't think Daddy Todd is likely to charge people $70 to play Sky- Again. <laughs> Skyrim again. <laughs> uh, but I do think that they will make uh, some fully up-res version. How, I would say, how much more can you optimize that game I without without know. building That's it from the question. ground up again? Like, like, I don't understand what what additional optimization exists yeah. to, 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 to pull out of a game that is damn near 10 years old at this point, if you yeah. can believe it. Yeah, it's Jesus. It's t- it's tenth anniversary is this fall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that they will probably do do the thing where it's like pre order early and we'll give you Skyrim. But free. but how's that going to work? Is what Bethesda's doing lately is like they're going to be like, ah, here's our event, Elder Scrolls Six, it and it comes out week. it comes out tomorrow. So get ready for <laughs> Elder Scrolls Six. So, yeah, that's the real question. Right? So we'll see it. We'll see how that goes. Make sure you play your whole Skyrim within the next twenty four hours, because so that way that's happening. Better, better mainline the uh, the main quest, guys. So there you go. That is post office. Thank you guys very much for submitting your questions. You too can get in on Discord. Uh, for right now, you have to do the roundabout route. You have to go to densepixels.com slash fans. You got to join our fan group on Facebook. Then you can get the link to join the Discord. We're not quite ready to open it up uh, to the to the general public yet. To the unwashed mask. Correct. Right now, right now, it's just the uh, We've just, had just some our longtime fans. Some chud for general chuddery in the general. Chat, That's right. So. We have, and we did. So it's pretty. And good. I'll do it again. <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show as well as all the other fantastic TNP shows on the podcast application of your choosing. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. Uh, yeah, I can't talk. I always mess the YouTube one up. It's weird. YouTube dot com slash dense pixels follow us on twitch as well i am dense pixels brad terrence is apparition 410 carrie is sup it's carrie we're playing video games and doing stuff on there i think an audio cable for my fucking elgato because the ps5 the one one thing that it sucks at is that it can't you can't output sound simultaneously through two different sources and there's no optical port on the ps5 so my headset's going through usb but if you're going through USB, it doesn't let you go through HDMI, which is stupid. Why why they get rid of optical outs, Micah? Why does everyone hate optical output for audio now? Racists. I, <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. So uh, that's it for us. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening. We'll see you all 
the next time. See you. Thanks. <laughs>